Today is our baptism service. And uh, I want to start two minutes to tell you why we think it's so important to bring in an actual body of water. You know, why do this? A lot of churches, most churches today, just for convenience reasons, uh, baptized by sprinkling just a few drops on the forehead. Uh, I'm not hating on that. You know, I'm not saying that's not a real baptism. That's perfectly fine. But we do it the old-fashioned way at our church. Every baptism in the Bible was going all the way under a body of water and coming back up. And the reason for that is it symbolizes what baptism actually is. What is baptism? It's three things. It's a bath, it's a burial, and it's a birth. So first, it's a bath. It's a bath. When you go into the water, you are having your sins washed away. Now, the water doesn't do that. It's just normal water. It came out of a hose. Um, but what it symbolizes, what it symbolizes can do that, can wash away your sins. It symbolizes the blood of Christ. That's what the water symbolizes, and you all the way under come up to be bathed, to be cleansed, to be washed. Second, it's a burial. You know, this particular hot tub looks a little bit like a coffin, and I think that's a bonus. I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. Because that's what baptism is. All through Scripture, it talks about this. You are buried with Christ in baptism. Buried with Christ in baptism. And these people today are saying, I want my old self to be crucified and buried with Jesus Christ. And I want to go into that tomb with him. And that's what this is. It's a grave. It's a tomb. That's what lowering, being lowered under the water symbolizes is going into the grave. Well, you don't stay dead. You come back up again. There's resurrection and so the third thing that, that uh, baptism symbolizes is, is not only can you picture that as a resurrection, but you can also picture it as birth, as a new birth. The water, uh, the, the, the pool not only symbolizes the tomb, but also a womb. And when you come back up out of the water, you are being born again. You're starting this new life with Christ. So that's what these people today are saying. As with uh, any birth, it's a moment of great joy and celebration. So as they come up out of the water, I'd ask that you clap and, and cheer and celebrate with them. And the other thing I'd ask is if you're here today and you're a friend or a family member or part of the community group, uh, one of these people that's being baptized, at the, at the same time that they stand up here, they're going to come up and share their story. At the same time that they stand up, I'd ask that you would also stand up and make your way over here to the side. And you can then be there ready to greet them and give them a hug when they come up out of the water. So that's enough from me. Uh, each of these folks is going to share a little bit about their story and why they decided to make this decision. First up, please welcome Liz. Hi, good morning. Um, so a while back I decided it was time for me to really truly follow God and not just walk the walk, or talk the talk, but walk the walk with him. Um, when I initially embarked on this journey of surrendering and being obedient, I did it begrudgingly because I knew it was what he was commanding me to do. But I was positive that it was not going to be my cup of tea. Ironically, as I started on this path, Marcy, one of the women in my small group, had mentioned that by being obedient and surrendering, God would open my eyes and bless me. Internally, I scoffed at her remarks and prepared myself for a lifeless, joyless, conservative life filled with rules. As the days and weeks went by in choosing to obey his commandments, and as I spent time with him repenting for my sins, God started to open my eyes and heart to the bigger, more deeply rooted sins in my life. The betrayal of God, the thought that I was the God in my life, that I could fulfill myself, that if I just made enough money, I would be secure. If I was thin or pretty enough, I would be lovable. 
God started showing me how I had built an altar within my own heart and filled it with counterfeit gods that would never sustain me. And so there was more surrendering to do, letting go of the ideals I had so tightly grasped onto for so long to come and define me. This led to another realization. I had foolishly and vainly been trying to work for my salvation, but I began to see that the beauty of God's plan was the work had already been done. I didn't need to do anything to earn my salvation because he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me, 2 Corinthians 12.9. To my surprise, it turned out that Marcy was right. I'm no longer reluctant or apprehensive about this journey. What initially started as me blindly putting one foot in front of the other has now become me walking purposefully towards him. What I started as dutiful obedience has now become me wanting to obey him, and I want to be baptized today as a way of making a vow that I will follow my Lord and Savior for all of my days and will dedicate myself to the searching and, searching and seeking him. Um, and I want to end this with my favorite Bible verse from Romans 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Liz, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Do you renounce Satan and all his empty promises? Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for you and that he rose again? Do you confess him as your Savior and Lord? On the basis of this confession, we'll now baptize you, Liz, our sister, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. You are buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Next up, please welcome Chuba. I was raised in a Christian family in England, but did not know I had to make a personal decision to accept Jesus as my savior until I was 14. My mother took my sisters and I to a rally near our home where the evangelist, Louis Palau, was preaching. My father had recently died after a long battle with cancer, and I was looking for hope in my life. I saw my older sister go forward to accept Christ, and she came back so happy. I wanted the same thing. So the next night, I went forward too, but I felt nothing. To be honest, I was just copying my sister and grasping at something I didn't truly understand. I spent the next few years in a good Christian church and youth group, but I was doing everything in my own strength. I was not understanding God's grace and was not allowing the spirit to work in me. I studied the Bible, but it was without joy or power. Eventually, it was just too hard trying to be holy by myself. At the end of college, I gave up on God and decided to lead my own selfish, indulgent life. I moved to New York in my mid-twenties and soon met Debbie, who would later become my wife. Debbie was Jewish, and at first she refused to listen to my sisters and mother when they told her about Jesus. 
But then a few years later, she had her own experience of meeting Jesus and she became a Christian. Then she led me back to Christ. This time around, I had a better understanding of the gospel and God's grace and saw some of the ways I had gone wrong in my life. I wanted a relationship with God and I wanted to serve him. From there, things went quite well for a while. We, were both, we both grew spiritually. We bought an apartment in New York City when it was still affordable and we adopted twin girls from China via a Christian adoption agency. Our careers were going well, our children were all that we had hoped for, and we were plugged into a strong group of Christian friends. But after a few years of this, we got caught up in material things and status and possessions, and we traded up to a much, much more expensive apartment that we eventually had to sell in a down market. So we drifted apart from each other as we led selfish lives and blamed each other for the money we had wasted on such an expensive apartment. We still went to church, but we were cultural Christians. This went on for close to 10 years until the spring of 2016 when we started attending LMCC because our kids needed a Christian teen program that our current church didn't have. Even after I began attending LMCC, I was still only a Sunday Christian. I was holding back, still with one foot in the world. But something happened near the end of August last year, the day after we moved to New Jersey. God convicted me of my sin. I called my older sister in England and told her everything that I had been doing wrong for the last 10 years. She prayed with me and told me to repent and ask Jesus to be Lord of my life again, and I did. I truly repented that day in a way that I had never, never had before. I now see my life in terms of eternity with God, and I see my purpose differently in light of that. It was not overnight, but each day I've been getting a clearer understanding of my new life with God. My wife also changed as I prayed for her. She started to trust God more during some tough times we were currently going through. We both started reading a daily devotional most days, and we frequently talk about what we have learned that day. It's not all sweetness and light, but we keep coming back to God when we screw up, and we now both live with the knowledge and conviction that God has his perfect plan for our lives, something we had always told our children about their lives, but now we know it's true on our lives in a way that makes a difference each day as we trust him. Shuba, do you renounce Satan and all his empty promises? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for you and then he rose again? Do you confess him as your Savior and Lord? On the basis of this confession, we'll now baptize you, our brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. You are buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Next up, please welcome Fritz. Good morning. <clears throat> a few months back, I shared with all you about my spiritual, how my spiritual journey 
uh, started on Christmas Eve of last year. That night, my entire life started to unravel over the course of less than a week. Everything from my car being totaled, to my house being flooded, to my wife surprising me by telling me that she wanted a divorce. I felt like Job in the Bible, and it was clear to me that God was trying to get my attention. After a few weeks of trying to run away from it all and hide, I remember suddenly feeling the urge to do something I had, wa I had been dodging for years, something I felt unworthy of. Out of nowhere, I found myself wanting to go to church. So I called up my friend Frank, who had been harassing me to come for years. We made plans to attend LMC together the next Sunday. The Saturday night beforehand, I was nervous and excited at the same time. I remember thinking, if it gets weird, I'm running out of there. <laughs> I can vividly remember the first time walking in LMC. Initially, I had my guard up, but I was shocked to discover that Pastor Ryan's sermon that day was real. When I say real, what I mean is uh, that it was as if Frank had told him my story and he was speaking directly to me. That was the first moment I realized that I wanted to live for Jesus. Since then, I've been looking forward to today, the day of my baptism. I'd like to close by saying how grateful I am to all of you for being such a welcoming church, but even more so to God for never giving up on me. Thank you. Do you renounce Satan and all his empty promises? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for you and then he rose again? Do you confess him as your Savior and Lord? On the basis of this confession, we'll baptize you now, our brother, in the name of the Father and Son and Spirit. You are... buried with Christ in baptism, and raised to walk in the universe of life. Next, please welcome Alex. I've rewritten this testimony several times, prayerfully searching for my story of faith to tell. There are so many possible narratives, angles, and themes, but I feel confident that this is the one I'm called to share today. I grew up in a very warm Methodist church. My dad was a lay leader, my mom taught Sunday school, and my sister and I received a lot of love and care. But in the late 90s, the church scene in our city was quickly changing. A large portion of our small rural congregation were retirees born in the 30s and 40s, and mostly confused by the wave of hip, trendy churches that were emerging. By 11 and 13, my sister and I had been to several youth groups around town, and we begged our parents to go to a different church, one with Xboxes and air hockey, door prizes and worship bands. My dad was uninterested. My mom would do anything for her kids' faith, and pretty soon our family wasn't really going to church together anymore. I became a very active part in a couple of youth groups. I usually helped set up. I played music. I was a part of the leadership teams, and I received a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with the pastors. I felt like my identity as a Christian was growing strong, but as our family spent less time together, our relationships grew increasingly distant and formal. 
I stayed in my hometown for college and became a core member of a church called E3. We were very cool. We worshipped very loudly. <laughs> my girlfriend Karen started attending, and we volunteered constantly. We worked three Sunday services and midweek services. We were in small groups and had mentors. And on top of that, we worked, went to college, were in a band, spent time with friends and family, and were generally as busy as possible. So busy that I don't really remember reading the Bible. I never tithed, believing volunteering a viable substitute, and my prayer life was without routine or devotion. I watched pornography, I lied about minor details constantly, and I developed a blinding pride. Karen and I got married, left the country, and really weren't a part of any congregation for nearly two years. My faith wasn't gone, but I think I was truly surprised at how little was left. Our band broke up, my parents went through a painful divorce, and neither of us, Karen or I, knew what we wanted to do professionally. We fasted, prayed, and read the Bible, and God called us to New York and to LMCC. Ryan had the message we needed to hear, that for all of our involvement, we didn't trust God for provision. We barely knew his words, and we'd experienced so little of his endless power. We may have been in the room, but we didn't fix our eyes on him. We were Martha's through and through. We started tithing, and God provided more. I started a daily prayer journal, and God answered my calls for healing. I started to read the Bible consistently, and God spoke to me. For the first time in my life, I felt my faith lurch forward. Like a time lapse of a flower opening, I watched my own faith blossom, and the sight awakened a hunger in me for more, a holy desire. I, for the first time, truly imagined faith more precious than gold. I felt my heart burn within me. I've heard the wisdom and the cliches of my youth. I wish to be baptized to commemorate God's faithfulness to me for the last 20 years, never once stopping his call or ceasing to shower my life with blessings and to commit myself publicly to a life in pursuit of ever-increasing faith. Satan and all his empty promises? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for you and that he rose again? Do you confess him as your Savior and Lord? On the basis of this confession, we'll baptize you, our brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. You are buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Next, please welcome Eli. Hi. Before I start, I want to thank all my friends who have come to support me. I'm Elijah Gentry, age 11. My father is Logan Gentry, one of the pastors at LMCC. I grew up in a Christian family and have gone to church as long as I can remember. Some people have asked me why I haven't been baptized before if I'm from a Christian family. But I asked them a question back. Do you think a person should get to choose their own faith, or should their parents choose it for them? For me, I am thankful that my parents left the choice up to me. 
I have always felt that Christianity seemed logical and true, but this year I have come to feel that more than ever. That is because it is the first year that I have ever studied modern or ancient religions in my social studies class. I thought many of them were interesting. I knew a lot about Judaism and Islam already, but knew almost nothing about Buddhism. So that's the religion I did, I did my project on. At first, I liked some of the things that Buddhism taught. But the more I studied, the less sense it made to me. I even discovered that some Buddhists in other countries respect the same spiritual beings that Christians call demons. I don't mean any offense to those who are Buddhists, but I found out it's not for me. Studying other faiths made me more sure than ever that I want to be Christian. Christianity is more than a religion to me. It is a relationship with God that brings joy into my life and satisfies me. I have found that if I open myself up to God, he will make himself present in my life. He will even answer prayers that may seem small to others but are important to me. For example, one thing that really matters to me is my grades. I keep track of my grades by calculating my average combining grade percentage across all my classes. Recently, this number was 5% lower than I felt like it should be. I was really worried about this. So I prayed at least once a day, every day for two weeks. Two weeks later, the number had gone up exactly 5%. I was so happy, and I knew that God had hurt me. The day that I stopped, that day I stopped and worshipped him for 10 minutes, dancing and praying to thank him. That's just one example. Another thing that God does for me is comfort me. Many of my classmates the past two years have been afraid of school shootings, like normal kids, and I have been too. This year caused so many of my classmates distress because of the many deaths by gun violence. Many people expressed their fears in different ways. After the Florida shooting with 17 kills, we protested gun violence with a walkout. We all used our fear as energy in the protest. Whenever these types of things happen, I usually pray right before my bed as I fall asleep in order to comfort me. Praying comforts me because I know that God is in charge of everything. He created everything and can change anything. And when I pray, I trust him that he will always do what is best for me, like any loving father would. I talked to many people. I protested it. But the only thing that stopped my stress was praying. This shows how powerful God is in my life. There are more ways that he has made himself known to me and has made me realize his power over anything. When thinking about what else God did for me and how he can help me in the future, I thought, well, why do I or anyone else need to be saved? I didn't have to think much about that. Sin, I thought. What else made the world crippled and wrong? Nothing but sin ever made the world terrible. Then I looked back at the story of Adam and Eve before there was sin and saw one thing that leads to sin, temptation. Temptations like anger and envy are in almost everyone's life. After all, everyone sins. No one can do what is right all of the time. I need to be saved to become alive to God and dead to sin. Jesus himself has to save me, take away my sin from me, and destroy it and forgive me. Crush the serpent's head inside of me and banish him from my life and reunite me with my Father in heaven. Jesus said that if you believe that he is God's son and you and you believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He says this so powerfully and confidently that it made me feel confident that I will live eternally with God in heaven. In getting baptized, I am saying to God that I believe he has done this for me, and I am dedicating my life to him. I love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
I hope as I get closer to him, I will show my friends the happiness that only God can give. Eli, do you renounce Satan and all his empty promises? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for you and that he rose again? Do you confess him as your Savior and Lord? On the basis of this confession, we'll now baptize you, our brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. You are buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Next up, please welcome Cindy. Good morning. My name is Cindy Yin. I was born and grew up in China, where Christianity was banned by the government at the time, many years ago. Everyone considered it as an illegal cult and should be avoided, so my knowledge of Christianity was close to zero. 20 years ago, I gathered all my courage and came to New York with a suitcase and a lot of curiosity. I was young and ambitious, and I was ready to take over the world. New York seems to be a big enough stage for my dreams. New York City is a very unique place. It offers so many opportunities, but it also brings a lot of pressure and anxiety. During my time in New York, I had my fair share of success but I had also some failures and disappointments. I got married, but then divorced and become a single mom. I felt like I was on a roller coaster of ups and downs. I wanted something to bring peace and balance to my life. So I started to look for directions and for some sort of authority. I remember my mom had told me about her parents who were successful doctors. I had never met my grandparents but according to my mom, they were intelligent, successful, humble, kind, and generous. Everything I wanted to be. And my mom also mentioned to me that they were Christians. So in the midst of starting my own business and pursuing my ambitions, I also began to explore Christianity. I found a church in my neighborhood in Upper West Side at the time. That was the beginning of my search for God. But over the years, though I had attended several different churches, I didn't feel like I had made much spiritual progress. I couldn't figure out what the problem was. Maybe the time was not right, or maybe the churches I went to were not for me, or maybe I didn't really believe in God after all. Then I came to LMCC at the beginning of this year, and everything changed. I found LMCC online and decided to give it a try because it's close to my home and it had a youth program that my daughter would love. But honestly, I didn't have very much high expectations. The first time I came, I didn't even bring my daughter because I wanted to check it out first on my own. 
But soon I discovered that this place was very different. I felt that the people here are very down to earth, very friendly, but not too pushy. Plus, they were not very too religious. <laughs> the first person I talked to was Marcy. I couldn't tell right away that she cared.、Um, she remembered me telling her that I had a daughter, and she followed up and made sure I brought my daughter the next week. She did email me and 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 check on with me. Even though I had only been coming to LMCC for a short time, I decided to attend the retreat this past February. At first, I wasn't sure if I should go, but I was glad that、I'm, I did. It gave me a chance to get to know our community and learn. It gave me a chance to learn why so many people love this church. It was such an important step for me to be able to learn about God and my faith. I needed to be in a community that I could feel comfortable with. Over time, many of my questions have been answered here. I remember the day that Ryan said in a sentence that religion is very different from faith. That might have been a very simple statement for most of you, but for me. It was like a bolt of lightning of a, in a dark、uh, night. Up until that moment, I had always been confused about how I wanted to be a stronger Christian. Yet somehow I did not like religious people and then their rules and their standards. But then I realized that what I really want wasn't religion, but true faith—faith faith that could connect me to a power and authority greater than me. I'm fortunate to have been mentored by Dane and Kathy. They have spent hours answering so many of my questions, and have taught me so much about God. They told me that going to church is very different from having a relationship with God, and showed me how God has been working in my life all along. He brought me from China to New York to LMCC, and so that I could stand here today and say these prayers. Dear Jesus. Thank you for making me and loving me, even when I've ignored you and gone my own way. I need you in my life, and I'm sorry for my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. As much as I know now, I want to follow you from now on. Please come into my life and make me a new person. Amen. Cindy, do you renounce Satan and all his empty promises? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that He died for you and that He rose again? Do you confess Him as your Savior and Lord? On the basis of this confession, we'll now baptize you, our sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. You are buried with Christ in baptism. And raised to walk in newness of life.
Next, please welcome John. Uh, I was born into a Christian family who attended a Catholic church every Sunday. While my parents emphasized the importance of going to church, I'm not sure they did it because they were strong Christians. I'm actually not sure they ever really understood the true meaning of Christianity and the joy of having a relationship with Christ. I always felt the main reason I went to church was to hang out with friends after the service. Church lasted about 45 minutes, while the hangout was well over an hour. The free coffee and donuts were absolutely delicious. I remember one Sunday there were no donuts, and you would think the church just got proof that Christ isn't real. I don't think there was much spiritual depth with my family, and going to church was more of a ritual or a tradition. As part of the ritual, children were, were baptized as infants. At only four months old, even though I'm told I was very advanced as a child, I'm pretty sure I had zero understanding of what was happening to me. <laughs> my kids did not laugh at any of these jokes, by the way. <laughs> so, th thank you. Uh, when I turned 13, my sister, who's 10 years older than I am, invited me to visit her for the summer. She was going to the University of Michigan and had gotten deeply connected with a Christian campus group. My alternative was to live alone at home with my parents, where there was lots of chaos and lots of abuse. So I ended up spending that summer living in Michigan in a house with about 15 Christian college guys who were all very dedicated to their Christian faith. We would pray and worship together at least twice a day, every day. These guys had a major influence on me at a time when life at home was very rough and I didn't have any positive male role models to look up to and help shape and guide me. That summer ended up being a very transformative experience and the time that I consider myself becoming a Christian. By the end of the summer, I was on fire for Christ. After going back home, the fire remained lit, but with no real Christian community, the flame started to die down over time. Since that summer, life happened. I got married to the most amazing woman that God could find that I never deserved, Ruth, and was later blessed with three amazing sons that I also don't deserve, Jacob, Nathan, and Josh, who's being baptized with me today. Throughout my life, I have done so many things to squander the blessings and gifts that God has given me. But through his grace and love, he has allowed me to hang on to so much more than I deserve. There have been periods where the flame that ignited and burned so hot at age 13 had almost died. But I know that God has kept it lit even when I didn't feel it burn. Ten years ago, we moved to New York City and soon after stumbled on what is now LMCC. I've been actively involved in the church and in community groups ever since. However, I've always passed up the opportunity to be baptized. At first, I used to think baptism was just a symbolic gesture, and I didn't believe it really mattered. As I started to better appreciate the beauty of God and the artistry of his creation and the imagery in his word, I started to understand how much God actually cares about and even expects symbolic gestures. But even after I came to understand this, I continued telling myself and even others that the reason I wasn't getting baptized was because I thought symbolic gestures didn't matter. This was a lie, and I knew it. 
my real reason for not getting baptized was that I had been living my life on a path that was not at all in line with the path that God had intended for me to be on. I know that God had a plan in mind for me when he created me, but I have not been following this plan at all. My life hit some serious low points this past year. By God's grace, rather than keeping me in these depths, he's using them to wake me up from what seems like years of living in a haze. I'm finally hitting reset and rerouting my life so I can remain as close as I can to the path that God, that God intends for me to be on. With this reset, I want to finally be baptized as a symbolic and real cleansing of my spirit and to celebrate that I'm a Christian, a follower of Christ, and fully and completely dependent on him for everything in my life. Thank you. John, do you renounce Satan and all his empty promises? Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for you and that he rose again? Do you confess him as your Savior and Lord? On the basis of this confession, we'll now baptize you, our brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. You are buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Last this morning, please welcome Josh. to think that God didn't care about me. I felt like I was just one grain of salt in a salt shaker, meaning I'm very insignificant. I had some rough things happen in my family. I would always be getting scared. I would always be praying to Jesus to fix it. The praying didn't work all the time, and so I would say, I hate you, God, or you are the worst person, or you suck. But then I figured out that just because nothing happened right away didn't mean God wasn't hearing my prayers. I learned that God won't just do everything immediately. He will make it happen, but it just might take a while. When I saw God answer some of my prayers, it made me realize that he actually cares about all of us. I'm not just some random person to him that he doesn't care about. He actually oh, oops, he actually cares about me a lot. Uh, oops. God thinks that I'm important. I'm not just one grain of salt to him. I'm the entire salt shaker. <laughs> One of the other things that made me realize how much God cares about me is thinking about how Jesus died on the cross for me. I want to get baptized because I want to become a follower of Jesus. I want to go through my life believing in Jesus and talking to Jesus. I really hope that from here on out, I won't be saying stuff like, God hates me or God doesn't care about me anymore. I want everyone here sitting to know, I want everyone here sitting today to know 
God has a reason for the things that happen to us, and we are all significant to God. Josh, do you renounce Satan and all his empty promises? Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for you and rose again? Do you confess him as your Savior and Lord? On the basis of this confession, we'll now baptize you, our brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. You're buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. That's everybody. Before we pray, I'd like for us to read this charge aloud together. You have a part to play, too. You know, these people are part of your family now, and it's your job to take care of them and to receive them and to support them. So let's read these words together in unison. We receive you into the household of God, confess the faith of Christ crucified, proclaim his resurrection, and share with us in his eternal family. Amen. Let's pray. Father, these women and men and young men have all done the part that only they can do. They've taken this step today. They've made this commitment today. They've opened themselves up to you, surrendered to you, bowed the knee to you. And now that they've done this, we ask that you would do the part that only you can do. We ask you to baptize them with your Holy Spirit and to cleanse them of their sin, to unite them to you. We ask that just as you and the Son and the Spirit are one, that they would be one with you and one with your church. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.